Welcome, welcome, welcome to Stuck in the Middle, TTT, Tragedy to Triumph Transformation. This is all about taking the information that we have and applying it to you and your life so that you can be buffaloes, not cowards. We want to keep it raw, real, and uncut. This is for men to improve their relationships and increasing their spiritual values. I'm Ryan Smith, and I'm the host, and I'm with Bunker Weimer. So gaslighting is, is this thought where it is, it's, it's, a, it's an intent or result. It could be intentional or unintentional, but the result is still the same, that the victims, their perception of reality, they have to question it, and they begin to feel that they begin to distrust themselves, their sense of self, their sense of sanity and perceptions of reality. And so that's kind of the inner trauma of it. When you begin to question if your sense of reality is actually correct. And it could be followed up with comments like, Oh, I'm just trying to improve you, or you, you should be grateful for, walking in the cold for two miles, you know, or it's really you that is selfish and manipulative. You are hurting me. It sounds like she may have sent that message to you in this situation. And I think that's a great example because it's hard to pinpoint. Uh, and, and my point here is in a way, I think we all emotionally abuse people. Now, there is a spectrum to emotional abuse. And I just want to, there are some people that are bent and they are malicious and they seek blood and they are trying to hurt you and others and like the real con artist. But well, I think, I think that's more of the exception. At least that's been my case. And I'm not really speaking to those to that type of situation. I'm talking more the more the innocent, like just I believe if you are emotionally immature, you are going to emotionally abuse others. You're gonna hurt people. Emotional abuse basically means you're hurting them and you're making them doubt their sense of reality and and if you really love them and stuff like that. And so there, there's a spectrum here. And I think if we're in, in marriage, you know, when, when we hurt the other spouse, there's, there's a, it's shades of gray, but it's, there are, that's emotional abuse. Um, and so it's just really important to know. And I think the term really is important. And so I, I think that we, Emotional abuse is such a definitive word, but I, I, I want that this podcast also, as you're listening to this, to understand that it's a, a spectrum and even being mean is a form of emotional abuse. And so it's just how far are you on that spectrum, um, which I think brings us to our, our last sign of emotional abuse. When someone directs any of these behaviors at you, take note if this behavior is a pattern. At one time, occurrence may not be emotional abuse, but it can still hurt a lifetime. But usually this is not enough for the 
for the lie that the victim is less less than crazy and unlovable. This is the whole point about emotional abuse. It isn't so much what is done or not done. It is the meaning. The lie that is this real silent killer. The lie that you are worthless, unlovable, and incapable. This is the real harm of emotional abuse. So, and ultimately, so this really depends. I mean, in the military, people were demeaning people all the time. That's just how you talked. (laughs) And so, you know, I got thicker skin in the military. And so the meaning placed to it was just, that's just how they talk. You know, I was just called meathead as, as a cadet, you know, come here, meathead, (laughs) get over here. And like, that was just how I was spoken to. And so, um, and I remember having issue and talking to my commander. I was like, this is like humiliating. And the CO, he's bringing me in front of the, the battalion and making a fool of me in front of everyone. And it's so humiliating. And and then I, I talked to him and, he, and my commander said, look, he was making an example of you. Yes, you made a mistake, but he was also wanting this to be a, a new, he was setting a new standard that your behavior was unacceptable. And, <laughs> and so when I kind of understood, like, I thought he was just in it for me and he just hated my guts and was just wanting to humiliate me. But when I talked to my commander and said, I, I'm really hurt by this when I understood his intention behind humiliating me in front of my, my peers and my other cadets in in ROTC, that made sense to me, like where he was going. And so the meaning really matters. And, and so some, the same content, the same words in a different context, whole different, uh, meaning and and so it's just so important and it's the importance is how do you perceive it and that's why counseling and taking time to inventory and our minds are so powerful at creating meaning of things and we can change our perception and and if we don't take inventory just kind of we're negative people just by default We're, we're our brains are made to survive and so i think by default we we kind of assume we assume the worst and you kind of you said in our first podcast you know nine out of ten of our thoughts are negative on just on default and so we are quick to assume the worst of people um for instance like my experience in the military but when we take some time to to inventory and see it maybe from another perspective then the whole thing can can be changed and so that's just just the importance of of being emotionally mature and uh you talked about like a one time occurrence or you know a frequency over a lifetime and but it's pro- i think the things that happen to you as a child your brain is just more susceptible to being hurt as a child than it, it at it is as an adult, and it can be just one a one time occurrence. Someone can call you a name, and that can scar you for a lifetime. And there can be people that, on the other hand, that get 
called a bad name for years, but it never really affects them. And so it's all about the lie that they are unlovable, worthless, or incapable. And so if you're ever feeling unlovable, worthless, incapable, there are probably some trauma and some, there's some work to be done. And so that is a, that is a gold mine to, to take inventory on. So moving along frequency and, and how often these behaviors occur in duration and how long they last days or years can contribute to the severity of the abuse. It's important to realize that abusers rarely engage in emotional abuse 100% of the time. Moments of calm, of calm and kindness do not invalidate the moments of abuse. And this is the key. They may actually be part of the abuse cycle. And so an abuser isn't usually mean 100% of the time. And there's some kind things. And that's why you set, you buy into the lie. And then you're like, you question your reality. They were kind to me on this day, but then I made this little mistake and they blew up. I think they love me, but they treat me so horribly. And which is it? And and so it's it's hard to reconcile the, the two behaviors in the cycle. I think that's one of the biggest things that I see with people around me is well, he treats me this way and we all can agree that it's bad, but there's times that it's good. And even though the good might not be as frequent as the bad, it gives them enough hope to stick around. I think a lot of women fall into that too because they say, well, he did X, Y, and Z, but I know how good his heart is. I know what he could be, which is a very sweet and kind comment, but it still doesn't stop or prevent the abuse. It, and like you said, someone enables it. Yeah. Because if you give an inch, they take a mile. That's unfortunately a very common occurrence in humanity. Yeah. And I just want to be so sensitive. And I probably cannot be sensitive enough, but people are people. And so it's, and people can change. And that's the thing. And so when we say, oh, he's an emotional abuser. I just, I want to be sensitive enough that there's a spectrum and, but there is a cycle. And so we, we're talking about a certain type of people and like maybe your girlfriend at the moment, like, is that emotionally immature or, you know, what, what's the pattern here? And I think you have to kind of see it over, you know, some time, months, maybe years, but hopefully you can a one-time occurrence can be a red flag for sure. And it's really important to understand the intention and the heart of people. And um, and I think going back to that that other point I said, you know, uh, uh, my, my third insight is how do they respond? How do they reconcile after you like, hey, you really hurt me? That's, I think, the biggest time because people mess up. People are impatient. People are rude and mean. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, that, oh, my, my partner, oh, they've done so many insensitive things. Yeah, they've done some nice things. Is that the cycle of abuse? But the real key, I want you to like, I don't want to be breaking relationships up un unnecessarily. 
how do you reconcile the differences or the hurt? Are they willing to take, and are you willing to take when you've hurt others responsibility for that and say, yeah, I, I was, I was wrong. And you make steps to make it better. That I think is the biggest key because I think every couple, every relationship, you're going to hurt each other. It's just, that's life. That's a relationship. But the difference, and this is back, shout out for John Gottman. He said, every, every relationship has its ups and downs. But the difference between the greats and the not so great relationships is their ability to make amends, to repair. Great relationships repair the hurt. Not good relationships, they don't know how to navigate that and heal the wounds. And that's what this is about. How can you heal the wounds? Are we ready for a solution? So let me just let me just say this last shout out before we get to the solution. So what can you do or someone you care about that is experiencing emotional abuse? This is what we, and this goes into the solution here. It's important for you, if there's someone that you know that's maybe a victim of, to emotional abuse, is for you to have close ties with them. The, and your interpersonal ties cannot be overestimated. Emotional abusers usually try to isolate their victims from others so that they, they don't have that. So keep your ties open and frequent. If you think you're experiencing emotional abuse, consider sharing your experience with a trusted friend, relative, to get outside help, including bunkering me. <laughs> and if you think someone you know is being emotionally abused, check in with them and let them know what you're thinking and let them know that you're ready to listen whenever they would like to share. So sensitivity is important. Sometimes even though you know, and they know, they may be not, they may not be ready to share it. And so it's important to be sensitive to their feelings and you could be unintentionally yet benevolently have a benevolent intent to help them, which is part of the one of the questions later. Um, but your intentions to be helpful could actually be causing more damage. So it's important just to say, if you're wanting to share, I, I'm open whenever you are. Give them that rather than confronting them. So, so while emotional abuse may convince people that they are, deserve to be mistreated, nobody does. Everybody deserves kindness and respect. Absolutely. Now, getting into a solution, I think it's really important to look at signs um, like when you're dating, right? I think a lot of times things go overlooked. Now, some people in the audience are in the dating phase for the first time after a long time, maybe after a divorce. Some people are maybe just starting to date and maybe some people are already married and they've started to realize certain things about their spouses that maybe aren't their favorite. And so we hope to give signs to look for, but also like solutions to these problems. So an unwillingness to repent or to repair. For example, if you leave a crucial conversation confused and wondering what just happened or didn't happen, 
If your girlfriend makes up stories, excuses, rationalizes, and you find yourself over-explaining and defending yourself in an argument, why you were hurt by something they did or did not do, this is a red flag. And I shared my story earlier that kind of ties into this as well. But I, so I have a really good friend and I won't name any names because I didn't ask if I could share this story, but he has a, it just happened very recently. And it's a perfect example of this. And it was actually really sad just to see my friend dating a girl and she's had a lot of past trauma, a lot of traumatic things that's happened to her. And she's living in a constant state of fear. And Ryan, you being the psychologist, I think you'd be really viable to get your insight on this. But this is the conclusion that I came to is there were so many things that happened to her in the past that she would project the past into the future to prevent it from happening again. So she just lived in, with the assumption that everyone was out to get her, that everyone had an intention to hurt her. And she would do this to my friend. And the simplest things, it could be where they parked at taking her to a restaurant that maybe she had a traumatic experience at, but he had no idea about. And all these emotions would snowball into something so much bigger. And she would yell at him specifically saying, this is your fault. I'm behaving this way because of you. And him being such a kind hearted person really went through a lot and ended up kind of losing his own identity along the path of dating this girl because of all the things that she shoved on him. And it took a while to help bring things back for him but that was just one of the other stories that kind of came to mind when we were talking about an unwillingness to repent or repair because at one point they ended up having a conversation and he was able to say you blame me for all these things that I actually never did to you and she she wouldn't take any ownership or acknowledge it and just said well I'll be different from here on out and nothing changed and that was that and it was really hard on both of them so what we you, Ryan, as a marriage and family therapist, what do you think of that situation, I guess? Like, what are your two cents on that matter? No, I, I, I'm not sure if I understand your question, but it, it makes sense. Like, that's, that's a legitimate thing. And we, we talked about this before, the, the four stages from abuse or trauma. And so this is my, but maybe before I go into that, what, what's your specific question? I guess I don't have a specific question. I just want to make sure that my assessment of it was right. Yeah. I'm not the one that's the licensed professional. I obviously feel like I have a good grasp of what things were going on, but this is something that you deal with a lot more. Yeah. We've, we shared this before and I would probably share it again, but just there's an abuse that happens and then therefore you're a victim and, and you were treated less than human because you don't deserve that. But then you buy into the lie and then you be, but in order to like the next stage of that, and I say stage because I think everyone goes through all of these, just how much time do you spend in the stage? That's the important thing. And how build, how quick are you to repair, repent from it? Once you're called on it, do you instantly say, sorry, oh yeah, my bad? Or do you try to make an excuse or rationalize it? That's the real key that I I, I think is really important. To, to, to it's not the behavior necessarily that makes someone the abuser. Oh, please, please don't go up in, in <laughs> like pitchforks on me on this. But it's people do things that hurt people. But when you, they're called out on it, how do they respond to it? That I think is way more telling about their character and their intention because nobody's perfect and um, 
but when when the truth is revealed and it's obvious that they made a mistake, how do they handle that? And if they right. say, sorry, my bad, I'll, I'll do better. And they mean that sincerity, then, then I think you have something to work with. But if you're like, hey, you really hurt me and I don't want that to ever happen again. How can we make that better? And they're like, oh, I don't want to have this conversation. You're always being too sensitive. Why are you having this? Con-? Whoa, that's a red flag. Get out. <laughs> You know, so, but I just wanted to go to your point, which is important, is that that story really illustrated the the cycle that we all go through. This girl, she was mistreated. She was treated less than human. She was a victim. And then she started dating this really kind guy. And what did she do? She became the survivor of her abuse. And she began to be protective and tried not to let that happen again right? She wanted not, she, she didn't want to get hurt again for obvious reasons. And so she, she got her cat claws out Mm -hmm. and, and then if it was like this triggering event, then she, she got her beast mode out, which she probably should have got out when she really got abused, but she, she was too new to it, too innocent, too pure. So she didn't. And then she was victimized, but then trying to protect that she compensates and she gets, she tries to protect herself as the survivor of that. But what ends up happening, and if you don't get out of that stage quickly, then you become a victimizer yourself. And you do to others what happened to you, which sounds like happened to your friend. Yes, he was right. victimized by her and he was gaslighted. He began to doubt his sense of reality. And so that's why it's so important to get a coach, someone that will help you navigate and make sense of that to go to the last phase, which requires a good mentor and, and takes inventory. And, and I'm going to quote Ed Milet here. He says, every successful person I know has a great self-awareness of themselves. And I think what he's, what I understand from that is that they, they know their trauma and they they've now gone to that last place as a thriver and they use that experience to inform them, but they're, they, they are able to act authentic to the situation, not be hurtful, and they have that awareness. There's a lot into that, but <laughs> that, that's, that's, I think, all I'm going to say on that for right now. more in another podcast. Yes. And when you were talking about the survivor and the victimizer, like from becoming the victim to the victimizer, that brings up our second um, thing to look out for when dating is emotional abusers want and need to have control. So they're never wrong. They're only wrong. Sorry, they're never wrong. Only you are wrong. If they're particularly agitated whenever you rock the boat or raise an issue, it's important to take note and ask questions about their intentions. Why? Why are you irritated? Why that I raised a concern? If their explanation doesn't make sense, they might be saying, I want to make raising issues with you so cumbersome and confusing that it's more work to raise in the first place so that you were deterred from raising the issue in the future because it's just so much work it's so much chaos it's easier just to ignore it or sweep it under the rug but i do think that it's very common for people to want to have control because they've been hurt right they don't want to be hurt again so if they have control they're less likely to feel that hurt so if you're in a dating aspect these are very important things to look out for Yes. And so what I think just my two helpful 
or by two words of advice, there's a lot to be said to this. This is, this is navigating life. Um, but two things just to leave you with something is the importance of self-validation. It's so important that when you are faced with emotional abuse, and I didn't say if, I said when, because it's going to happen. And it's it's just people are mean. People do, do hurtful things. Um, we're all victims of emotional abuse. And so but how long do you stay in that victim stance and that identity? I want you to move out of that as quick as possible, out of the, the survivor and really when you are the victimizer to really repent and take accountability and say sorry and like let's let's try to make this out make this work out and be a thriver of that and use that to inform you but not control you right so emotional abuse demands a responsible conscious mature we talked about that emotionally mature and immediate response if not, you're adding fuel to the fire and and, pot, and and enabling the abuse to continue. Well, there are many things to do. I want to recommend these two responses to combat the the battle of emotional abuse in our life. So first, it's emotional or it's sorry, self validation and self validation is where you reaffirm your identity your perception as legitimate. Even though if others say you're crazy, you don't know what you're doing, you have you are anchored and you know, even when there's naysayers to your goals in life, that you don't doubt your sense of reality and you trust yourself. And on a deeper level, and this is the second thing, is meditation. Meditation helps... Anchor yourself to you. And what I think it really does is this begins it, meditation is really a relationship with yourself. And a relationship with yourself is really a relationship with God. And as you quiet the the noise around you and you begin to hear your inner voice, which is also the voice of the divinity within you. And so that's that's my shout out to that. And we'll go into more detail on a future podcast about meditation and the how to do it and the benefits of that. Um, but just, and, and you can Google that yourself, but, but for now, just meditation is a way to strengthen the muscle of self-validation to not be shaken in the storm of emotional abuse. So wrapping up our call to action uh, specifically is to write your opinions, your thoughts on this. Thank you for being and making it this far. This is this is definitely hero's work getting to this point. So write your opinions, questions, and praises uh, here at ryan at theryancsmith.com. Again, that's ryan at theryancsmith.com. So we... I don't have a timer on this. Any idea how long we've been going? I think about 50 minutes. So we're now at the question point. Uh, should we just do the questions another day? Because this has been uh, a long podcast. 
we could i think we could even do um questions as its own podcast because we're starting to get so many questions we could do a little q a for 30 minutes sometime between episodes that would be great yeah because i i want to keep this not not super long and keep this uh, to uh to a, a digestible level well thank you i i hope so are you good with with closing this for today yeah if, if we're not gonna go over the questions could i just share one thought that i had please i was gonna ask if you had ever read the book the four agreements so there's a book out not. there called the four agreements i'd highly recommend it but one thing this it's helped me a lot individually is the author says that anytime we feel hurt or like emotionally abused, if we use that as our example, that means that we agreed to it. Now, we still become the victim of the outburst of somebody else, but I'll give you an example. If Ryan comes up to me and says, Bunker, I think you're ugly, and that makes me really sad, I chose to agree to it. But what the author is saying take a moment and pause. If when Ryan comes up to me and says, Bunker, you're ugly. And I can think, do I think I'm ugly? And I can say, oh no, I don't think I'm ugly. And that just rolls off the back. And that's been an absolutely invaluable tool for me because like you said, Ryan, it's not about if, but when, and we can always take a pause moment and say, do I believe the things that this person is saying to me? And unfortunately, and we'll have to cover this later in another podcast, sometimes we don't feel that great about ourselves. So we do. But because we're divine beings, and we are have a great spiritual identity, we are going to work to not be that way. But that's, that was just a thought that I had had. That's but, wonderful. And although I haven't read that, but I will read that now that you especially that you brought that up, because that's on my reading list. And I've talked to another friend about the agreements. And I think what you're really saying is someone gives you some feedback that's negative about you. And you have a choice there that you can agree with it, that it might, that it's true, or you can disagree with it. And Absolutely. if you get offended, like, oh, I hate that he called me ugly, then you subconsciously have agreed to that. And so it's really important to say, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm handsome. I, you know, I I'm handsome enough and, and you know, there, I'm not perfect. I'm not, yeah, I I'm very aware of my flaws, but I'm, I'm good with, with myself. I'm good, comfortable in my own skin and I love me. And the, the thing is, is there's usually some truth to the criticism, which, which makes it hard because there is truth to it. There is evidence to back up their, their comment. Um, and you know, I don't really people like, for instance, just last week, I'm taking a comedy class and I'm super sensitive. I'm very vulnerable. I'm, you know, still learning the stage. I'm not very good at it. And, and so any comment that said, I'm going to buy, I'm going to agree to that because there's a lot of truth. I'm not, you know, super witty on the spot and that's a weakness of mine. And so but what's important is to my great wife has helped me. Hey, look, I'm learning this. I'm proud, you know, I'm proud. And kind of the inner dialogue that I do is, hey, I'm proud of myself for doing something that's a weakness of mine. I got to start somewhere. And uh, I have a dialogue of comfort and 
convenience have never equaled greatness. And I feel very uncomfortable and including last weekend, I played a, a guitar at church. A one on like a solo is my first solo. I was so nervous before so nervous. And I had these like thoughts, like I agreed to do this. Why did I agree to do this? And I, I, it was, I was painfully uncomfortable and just kind of thinking about that today. I just comfort and, uh, convenience never have equaled greatness and I'm committed to greatness. And so if that's the price for it, then I'm willing to pay that. And so that confronted that naysaying thought that came to my, my, my mind. I also have another thought, you know, I, I threw out a personal story at the very beginning and, and that was definitely very real for me. And I just want to be object trying trying to be objective with my emotions uh, as a thriver i believe that my ex she was emotionally immature and and um i don't think her intention was necessarily to kill me or to hurt me only like like i think it was out of self preservation to protect herself and I definitely had a hard time because I felt that she was willing to throw me under the bus for her own. And there wasn't any loyalty to me as a human, even if we were going to get divorced. But um, I, 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 what I'm trying to say is that there, I'm trying to see her from her perspective. And although from my perspective, I felt that she was out for blood, I think with a little bit of time, and perspective, I think she was just really trying to protect herself. And that's a, that we need to protect ourselves in this world. And so it's just so important to understand our influence. And when we're trying to protect ourselves, how are we cutting people off on the, off on the knee in our self-preservation? And, and that's, if so, that's a problem. And so we need to be aware of that. And I hopefully in, in sharing my story as a victim, I'm hoping that I'm not cutting off her or defaming her or being hypocritical. It's easy to do that the victim becomes the victimizer. And I'm, I'm trying here to argue that my ex is, is a good person. She just, we, we were both going through a hard time and and we we dealt with that in a, in a way, and that it and it did hurt me, and I'm sure that I hurt her in ways. And so I think it's um, just relationships are very uh, they take a lot of maturity, and especially if you're going through a divorce or a breakup. I for me, there was a, many relationships that I was in that I thought would mature into marriage before my wife now. And a big sign for me that confirmed uh, my decisions, like some of them, there were some that I decided to break up the relationship with and how my girlfriend at the time responded to that was very convincing one way or the other, if I made the right decision. And I remember there was 
one girl that I broke up with her and she was so kind and sensitive and she didn't berate me or demean me or make me feel small or make it about her. And I eventually, we got together again after the breakup. We eventually broke up for other reasons later, but I, I didn't have any fear breaking up with her because of how mature she had handled that. And she took responsibility and it wasn't uh, an abusive process, but there were some others that I broke up with and uh, I left no doubt for me of where I, I wanted to be in that relationship. So I think it's just that accountability and how do people respond in that place where there's pain. And I think, and those that are dating and, and even in marriage, you know, just be so sensitive when you're trying to advocate for your own needs and protecting yourself, which you need to do, and you need to have your voice, but it requires that maturity to say it in a way that can also be sensitive and so that you're not a hypocrite in your efforts to self-preserve that you're not abusing them. And so that's, that's what coaching's for. That's what uh, this self-validation meditation and a host of other different resources are that we, we provide with you here on this podcast that you can navigate the, the pain and not hurt others and, and uh, have it live with integrity. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing. I think that's great to, for the listeners to hear. And so is it all right if we close bunker? Absolutely. Yes. Sorry. So yes. So let's close. We'll give another uh, specifically addressing the questions uh, because I, we had, there were some great questions and uh, we want to, to get those answers met, but just for the sake of time, uh, we're going to close it for today. We're grateful for you making it this, this far and proud of you and the courage that you demonstrate to live with integrity, which is few and far between you are the few and the proud and we honor you for that we're going to love you and leave you till next time peace on the ttt